Brothers and sisters, there's always something inescapably local about poetry. Poetry depends on the power of language. And when a poet is putting words and phrases together, he or she is relying on how that language is used in the community surrounding the poet. You can see this play out in how people can complain when poetry is translated into a different language. The Italians are particularly sensitive about that. They love Dante, the author of the Divine Comedy, which is a beautiful work of Italian poetry with a very delicate and specific rhyming structure in Italian. And as you expect, rhymes don't translate very well. But Dante was so good, it was meant surely to be shared outside of the Italian context. But then the Italians saw what the French were doing. And they invented the phrase traduttore, traditore, which, ironically, I have to translate for you because it says to translate is to betray. And there was something lost in that poetry when it was translated to a different language. So what a gift it is that God gives the church in the poetry of the Psalms. Because the Psalms do not depend on any complicated rhyming structures. Of course, there are some wordplay elements that we lose when we translate from the Hebrew into the English, but the poetry of the Psalms depends not on the rhyming of words, but on the juxtaposition, the placing side by side of ideas, phrases, sentiments. And in God's wisdom, that means the Psalms can be freely translated into every language without losing their power. Look at today's psalm as an example. The psalmist starts off with what sounds like pretty standard poetic boilerplate. Praise the Lord, for he is good. Sing praise to our God, for he is gracious. But in this, the tone is set. We are talking about why it is good to praise God. The poet's going to back up what he's saying here. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. The dispersed of Israel he gathers. Okay, we say, good students of poetry that we are, we see where the rest of this is going. This is a Jerusalem song. It's set in the time after the exile as God brings back his people to reestablish them in his holy city. And in the context of the psalmist and the, the ancient Near East, this is the thing that any kind of god does. They're very local gods, provincial gods, gods of cities and nations and families who are concerned with domestic things, the defense of the city, the goodness of the crops, the health of the livestock, the protection of the family. Okay, we see where this is going. Well, so let's keep reading. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Oh, now this is interesting, because 
First, we were at the civic level, which is what we normally expect God to do. But now we're down, not just at the personal level, but the interior level. He heals the broken-hearted. When that core of our person seems fundamentally shattered, where we have no secure place, God heals that. He is capable of reaching out with gentleness and care and tenderness. And now how he binds up the wounds of the brokenhearted. He can't bind a wound without making contact. So this is a God who is so close to us as to make skin-to-skin contact with us. He does not shy away from our woundedness, but rushes to go there. But are you ready for the poetic twist? Because here's where that other idea gets laid side by side with this intimate, caring closeness of God. He tells the number of the stars. He calls each by its name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power to his wisdom. There is no limit. I got a little poetic whiplash there. I thought we were talking about something close, intimate, tender, caring, gentle. But now, all of a sudden, God is a colossus bestriding the cosmos, calling out the stars by name, knowing their exact number. See, here is no provincial God, no merely local family God kept on a quiet shelf in the kitchen. This is the Lord of heaven and earth who governs all the cosmos, who sees everything and orders all things well. This too is God, the God who is mighty and transcendent and wise. And so the poet creates for us this truth, this image of a God who is so attentive to us that we are as worthy of his attention as the names of the stars in the sky. This psalm sings assurance to us of God's providential care. He is not petty, not some small provincial God. He possesses cosmic wisdom so that all of his actions are aimed at the good of those who love him. And the province of God extends over everything, the care of the community, the healing of the individual, and the ordering of the cosmos. Our God is a God of universal, personal, attention, able to see everything all at once with intimate, focused, compassionate love. Our God has universal, personal attention for every single one of his creatures. And that could be hard to see at times, especially when we are broken-hearted. God can feel very far away, off paying attention to Orion's belt when I'm down here suffering. And so to get through to us, God sends us his poetry 
incarnate. He sends us his Son, who is the very incarnation of his universal personal attention. And it animates everything that Jesus says and does. When he enters into Peter's house and he's told about his poor mother-in-law laid up with a fever, Jesus goes to her and takes her by the hand. Jesus could easily speak a word and rebuke the fever and have it leave her. He could snap his fingers from the other room and she could leap to her feet. But no, Jesus is the incarnation of God's universal, personal attention. He takes her by the hand. He binds up her wounds by that touch of God's own love. And yet, and yet Jesus is not a local healer, not a provincial deity. He goes off to pray after a very busy day. And even with Peter and everyone else excitingly saying to him, there's more work to do, everyone's looking for you, Jesus looks beyond them, beyond Capernaum, to Cana, to Nazareth, to Bethlehem, to Jerusalem, to Glen Ellen. And he says, we must go to the nearby villages and preach there also. There, too, are wounds that I must heal. There, too, are broken hearts in need of God's love. Jesus heals us. He takes us by the hand, and he calls us by name personally that we might know the universal, personal attention of the Lord of heaven and earth. And he does this not in a fly-by-night fashion. For Jesus takes Peter, even Peter, along with him when he goes to those nearby villages. He heals us so that we can join him. We receive God's love that we might become the love of God for others. We receive that universal personal attention of the Lord so that we in turn can be instruments of the same. The care for the community, the healing of the individual, and even the ordering of the cosmos, God invites us to share in his work. We are called to be instruments of his universal, personal attention. And we do so when we forgive those who sin against us, when we feed the hungry, when we offer counsel to the doubting, and when we give freely to those in need. One way in which we are being invited to share in that universal, personal attention of God is to participate in the Catholic ministry's annual appeal, donating to support the church's work of healing the brokenhearted, sustaining the lowly, and preaching the good news, makes us part of the attention God gives to those most in need. As the body of Christ, we are called to take others by the hand and touch their lives with the love of Jesus the love freely shared with us 
the love that has numbered all of the stars, the love that calls you and me by name. 